Hello everybody and welcome to a special bumper edition of the Gaming Ramble Weekly. Let's be honest, it was supposed to be Cyberpunk Part 3. If you're crying at home because it's not Cyberpunk Part 3, I can only apologise. But there's this thing called the World Cup on and I can't write and watch it at the same time. And this only happens once every four years. Ramble Weekly will live on past that period of time. So... Please forgive me for not having the series. It will be done before Christmas, I hope. But this week, this week, we're doing something very special. Usually you're used to 15-minute audio essays, but no, 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 no. We're doing a discussion, a discussion podcast. And finally, I'm happy to bring you the God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. And I'm joined by my good friend, Mike E.T., 92. Mikey, welcome. You're the first guest. Maybe the first aunt, maybe the only guest. Who knows? I'm very honoured. I'm very honoured. should be. Absolutely. <laughs> um, how are you doing? I'm very good, sir. Very good. Much like yourself, the World Cup and God of War have taken over my life the last while. Yeah. So I feel like you know, I've that's... barely left my room in the last three yeah. weeks, you know? Um, yeah, I can relate. It's worth it, worth it, you know. Um, Absolutely. But we're going to spend the next good while, I hope, talking all about Ragnarok. First thing I want to hear from you, what would you rate God of War Ragnarok? For me, it's it's a 10 out of 10, to be honest with you. It's a 10 out of 10. It's as close to a masterpiece you can get. Nothing's perfect, but for me, it's, it's as close as you can get, really. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I think I kind of have to agree on 10 out of 10 again the game of the year debate comes up especially when a game like Ragnarok releases because it is one of those games that is has been nominated for game of the year I don't I'm not sure it's going to win I mean it might win but I feel like a lot of people will or people will think that Elden Ring will get it because of the impact Elden Ring had yeah like on the industry um yeah I, I agree um for me, I'd I'd give the edge to Ragnarok, yeah. but I absolutely adored Elden Ring. Yeah, I I think these two games go down in like my top five greatest games ever. Yeah, yeah, for me personally. Um, but it's like whatever one wins, I'd be delighted with. Yeah, but I think with Elden Ring, it was such a gargantuan moment in pop culture and game, and it's hard to go against that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think had they been in separate years. Like, for example, if either game had been in last year's Game of the Year, they would have definitely <laughs> yeah. been in the Takes Two, right? Yeah. Now, as good as that is, yeah. to be fair, but absolutely. It would have wiped yeah. the floor. It would have, like, cleaned <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. And you've got you've got the feel. Yeah, last year. You've got the feel for Horizon so Forbidden just... West, don't you? You know, they... Yeah, oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's You've got to wonder what, like... Um, gorilla are doing like is it like oh let's let's look at like absolutely iconic franchises by iconic developers that are dropping let's drop it just before those games come mm. out yeah. you know breath of the wild and elden ring lovely jubbly only two of the most groundbreaking games to ever hit the industry <laughs> ever <laughs> oh, <bless>. smart business yeah. <laughs> um so we need to start somewhere with this, um, and I think 
the best place to start is to talk about the story of this game. So I think one of the things I was conscious of, and I think it's very similar to The Last of Us, is that I have never been more fearful of leaks or spoilers in my life. Um, yeah. To the point where I it affected how I played the game because I think I would have spent more time doing side content earlier but I just didn't want to get spoiled in the story. So found yeah. myself doing a lot of the path as quickly as possible. I don't know if you okay. felt that. I don't know if you felt pressured in the same way, but just something that I noticed in my, it's not my, it wouldn't be my usual play style. Let's put it that way. I, to, I, I didn't, to be honest with you. I, I, I really just tried to take my time with everything. Mm. Like from the being spoiled element, I literally muted everything related to like Ragnarok and God of War. I didn't. I basically stayed away from social media for the most part. So like, I just avoided it while I was playing through it. So I tried to like do everything. Mm. I I spent an age effectively doing like every little thing, trying to like absorb every every molecule of the game. Like you know, but like no, it was. It was one thing I sort of like did most of the side stuff before finishing the actual game. So I did like I I, I didn't to answer your question. No, I didn't rush through it, mm. the story to avoid that. I did sort of just take my time with everything, yeah. you know. Yeah. Try to see everything it had. Yeah. No, I should say it goes without saying. If you haven't played the game and you don't want to be spoiled, stop here. Wait until you've finished the game and listen to this. Okay. There's we are going to be talking about all the major details. Of the story of Ragnarok, breaking it down, chatting through our favourite bits, maybe some of the bits that we didn't like as much. Not saying we didn't like it, but we didn't like as much. <laughs> um, so first thing I wanted to chat about is, and Eric Williams himself was talking about this in various spoiler casts he done, is the first R of the game and how like unbelievably frantic and oh. different to the to God of War 2018 it was. Um, I played this at 6am on release day because I, (laughs) like Elden Ring, got up early before work to play two hours. Basically, I wanted to go to work having played the prologue. That was kind of the idea. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe how fast-paced the first hour and a half. Like, it was nuts. It's insane. And you have... You've got Fenrir Dial, which... Um, was just for for only being ten minutes in the game, you shouldn't be feeling that emotional that early on. Oh. For a dog you've never met, can we just say we we oh hadn't even God. met Fenrir, and I was already getting upset. Um, then you've got that scene. I'm just gonna that scene with uh, Kratos, Thor, and Odin in the house, and oh. I think I, for me, want to say that Odin's performance was just so good. Like I found myself. And any scene Odin was in, watching, even just watching his character. He steals the show. Totally steals, he steals the, show. the show. Totally. Yeah. And that whole first scene was nuts because we're expecting it to be like, oh, you're going into the game. And my expectation was it's going to be like bad blood from the get go, you know, like so much fighting and all. But Odin's actually going to offer peace. Um, yeah. And at the start, which is really interesting, um, so then you have that scene and then it kind of culminates. It all culminates with what has to be one of the best early game fights in a game in recent 
history with that Thor fight. Yeah. And I must give a special shout out to the moment when there's a scripted death and then Thor brings you back because he's not done with you just yet. And I was just like, that, that's so good. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And to, to never use it again in the game, yeah. just that one moment, like, oh, I'm not done with you yet. It's, oh, it's so good. And to, just to say as well, that's not even the first major boss fight. Within two hours, there's what? Two major boss fights? Yes. You've got Bjorn and Thor. Yeah. yeah. Unless I'm forgetting one. No, you're right. The yeah, yeah, as well. yeah, like, yeah. I, for, I actually forgot you know, about the, the flipping. Oh, my yeah. word. I forgot about that as well. <laughs> if, if you think, like, if you compare it to, uh, again, God of War, which I think I say now, like, I don't, uh, as we said beforehand, like, you can't really compare them. They're sort of one and the same. Yeah, yeah. The way... A slight tangent before going back to the same, but I, I sort of think of it as like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Whereas the Lord of the Rings is one story yeah. in three ver- in three parts. Yeah. And I feel like this is one story in two. Probably could have done three, but I see why they did two. Yeah. Do you know? It's I, I feel like there there's that, but yes, it's it's like if you think the original God of War, like within the first hour you probably not even got to the deer yet. Yeah. You've probably like just found the deer and then, then you're fighting in this, like there's, you, you've done two already yeah. massive ones, but one of them probably didn't expect to end game. <laughs> you know? And it was it's crazy. And I think the, the point as well, that you've just made about it all being one on the same. Um, I think, and I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but, I think primarily the reason that they would have done two instead of three games is because I know I take the time out of it, the time and development. Let's just look at the games themselves. I think the second mm. game in a trilogy with that story would have wouldn't have had a natural end point. Yes, it would have, and also the substance in the story wouldn't have felt enough. To justify it being a standalone game, it would have nearly felt dragged yeah. out. It, it, like if or two, not enough, not yeah. enough to justify its own existence. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think while I understand what people are saying, because I think I would agree there are some pacing issues with no, not I. I don't have the same pacing pacing issues that other people have, and we'll get into that later on. But yeah. there are some pacing issues at times with. Um, with the game, but I think largely they did the right thing by putting this all as one story. I think it made sense as one game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, as you said, with it all being carrying over, it's like you know the first game is so and this is, they're 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 so different because the first game the story is so simple, right? It's two people. It's this relationship that they're forming. And they're going to spread someone's ashes at the top of a mountain. That is your only aim yeah. for the whole game. And you have to go and do things to get around that. But ultimately, your aim the whole time is... Um, get to the mountain. So like from the start of the game, you know what your aim is, right? What I yeah. liked about this game and where it differed was you did not have a clue, really. Because the aim, yeah. your aim changes throughout. You know, you're... Yeah. So I liked that difference. I thought that was quite nice. It was a good change of pace. Um. But yeah, the first two hours were just nuts, and 
Oh. It was just like, it was basically they were like, strap yourself in. That's what they were saying. You know, to get ready. To Yeah, it's very much so. To, to add to your point there where you say it's the first game. The first game, again, if you disagree, do, do say, I feel like it was very much A to B. Yeah. Whereas Ragnarok is A to B to C to D to E to F. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there's so much more in it, yeah. you know, to, to go through and explore that in the in the game. Yeah, absolutely. But as you say, it's very much like two hours. It's like Yeah. Are you ready for yeah. us? <laughs> it's like in twenty eighteen it's A to B, but you need to go like A A to B isn't a straight line, it's A and like jagged line to B, but it is yes. one story or one aim. Yeah. Whereas you're right, it is very much and I found myself my inner dialogue while I was playing the game, I was almost reminding myself that it was very different to twenty eighteen in terms of um, you know, the first game was very much focused on one thing. This game yeah. being focused on several different, but it wasn't that there were several different things from the start. It was you had one aim, then you had another aim, then you had another aim, and blah blah and so forth. So yeah, the first big thing that you do is you go to Svartalfheim, which is a new realm that we hadn't been mm-hmm. to before, to free tier, and I. Absolutely love the red. I love Svartalfheim as a as a as an area, and yeah, this was the only real point where I got lost in side content early on, because what happened was I did the story stuff, went out into that lake, and then all of a sudden there was some big whale thing that I was saving that the mayor had, and this is where I found the side content better from the last game was. There was a story being told in each realm for a specific character, right? So Svartalfheim yeah, is very much Mimir's redemption arc because yep. he had made these mistakes and he was righting the wrongs of the past by yeah. the towers, the mining towers, and then the whatever that creature's called. I, I'm the calling whale, it a whale. Creature thing, yeah. 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 I got lost. I spent loads of time doing that. And there was a part of me that didn't want to progress the story because I was like, Oh, but if I progress the story, then I'm closer to the end. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was the same. I was the same. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want it to end. Yeah, even that early on. <laughs> but for me, and I'm, I don't know if you did, you do those quests early on as well. Yeah, I, I pretty much did like the the three chimney tower stacks yeah. things that you have to destroy, and then the the way and then yeah, mm. because I think I instantly was like okay. The side content is another level. Like this is like this is enhancing my playthrough rather than yeah, absolutely just being like fetch quests. Which like going and destroying towers is like a fetch quest, but the way they contextualize it just yeah. gives it that added. I just oh, it's just made it so good. Um, yeah, but I think it was also then Svartalheim that highlighted the feedback that was listened to and the enemy variety then which is a big common thread Absolutely. in the whole game like we'll be talking about it now because it fits but the number of different bosses in this game yeah you feel like you're playing you're like a souls game i'm like what's going on it's it's insane it's insane there's so there's it's it's very much even same with the bosses where the bosses were mainly trolls in the first game yeah. dragon and boulder yep yeah. Whereas, you know, there's so many different varieties of them in this game. 
And as you said, there's just so many different varieties of enemies in these early stages. It's like, yeah, this is awesome. Mm. You know, it's it's great to see. Well, one of the things I liked at the start was, you know, whenever you go, you're on the rail cart heading towards. Yes. And whenever you go on the second one, I think it's the second one where it all like goes mad and blah, blah, blah. And you yeah. kill an ogre by crashing into it, yeah. right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I had her going, they're completely burying the ogre for the first game because they're like, oh, what's the point in fighting them? Because he's easy, basically, because you just crash into him. And I was like, we're hardly going to see any ogres in this game. And we didn't, you don't really. You don't really unless you go, <laughs> no, unless yeah. you side content, you don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> I must say, when that happened, when when you get picked out, pulled out of the carriage by the, the troll, mm. and it's like, here we go, right, okay, yeah, they're back. And then it's like, Kratos gets the axe, and he's like, no, yeah. not today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right, okay, yeah, so they, 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 they listened, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, no trolls. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. But then I think this is where you start to see the real difference in Kratos and Atreus's relationship, where yeah. I actually, I don't know if you felt this, but for the first... I want to say 10 hours of the game, I found myself actually not disliking Kratos, but finding myself firmly on Atreus' side because Kratos felt old at the sort of like, like he felt like an old man in parts of this game. And the, the relationship was interesting in that I wanted him to give Atreus more freedom because. Yeah. You know, and that was probably what they wanted you to feel. You know, Atreus had grown up more so than even Kratos realised, I think, especially whenever you get to that part where you start playing as Atreus and you're like, oh, right, okay, so he can actually look after himself. Um, And Kratos didn't even know that at that stage. Yeah. But I did find myself... Well, I found myself... I found myself feeling the same way that Atreus was feeling for maybe the first 10 to 15 hours, I think. Yeah. I think. I think it's interesting because just to go back, if you think at the very start of the game where you see, like, Atreus come in with the deer, you know, you see, like, Atreus is there doing his own thing Mm. and Kratos sort of has a very, like, his the corner of his mouth slightly rises you know, to give a very small semblance of a smile. But then they have that moment where they look at each other and you can tell, like, yeah, this is a team now that has, you see the benefits of the journey in the first game. But then after you go to the shrine, it's when that sort of comes in a bit. Yeah. You sort of notice that it's like Kratos sort of thinks, like, this lad's sort of aiming to go to war. Mm. I don't want that. And you see that overbearing protective parent element come in. And again, I agree with Atreus. It's like, this thing's happening one way or another. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We better be, you know, trying to find out how to make sure we can do well in it and mm. survive. Whereas Kratos is like, no, no, we've got to train and, you know, like protecting you, you know, not letting you do anything silly or stupid. And it was a common thread in the game is that Kratos would always go back to home. So Atreus would say, what next? Kratos would say, home and it was like throughout the game that would happen so they would do something 
a test would be like, oh, what are we doing now? Chris was like, we're flipping going home because I can't be arsed in this, to be honest with you, mate. You know, <laughs> I, I'm fed up, kind of, you know. Um, so, anyway, you kind of... So, you sp- the first main section of the game was going through Svartalfheim, free and tear. That's all lovely jubbly. I think that's a good introduction. And as usual... It's a great moment. And c- comparatively to the first game, combat is most difficult at the start when you don't have all your abilities. So Absolutely. it teaches you how to play the game well at the start because yeah. it's the most difficult. Um, I did the... Sorry, as I say, you know, um, I can't remember the names. The fire demons that you fight, there's like the seven pits. Yeah. Uh, that you go the, through. The you hatred know, the very or first one. The hatred, yeah. that's the one. Yes, thank you. Where that, that first one that's like level two. Yeah. Absolutely kicked my ass. Like <laughs> yeah. I died to that more than any other boss. Bare end game stuff yeah. the most. Yeah. It just I just kicked me ass. Do you know what I mean? And it is that like once you sort of level up, it just becomes second nature to you, you know, yeah. and you get these abilities and it's 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 great like that, the development. And later on you have more health and more rage and things like that yes, too. So of course, yeah. So you really are at your lowest capacity. Um and those early fights, and I agree that whenever the hatred showed up, I was a bit caught off guard. I wasn't expecting, and I hadn't mastered the parry timing because I think like, <laughs> yeah. I I use the parry shield because that's my style of game. I I parry. Yeah, I like parrying gameplay, but God of War timing is different from a lot of other games, and it did yeah. take me a good ten hours to really get into the point now where I I will fl- I'll parry someone all day. Just, you know. When a, when a green ring when a green ring comes up, I'm getting my left finger ready in excitement to hit that L one button. Um, but you know you're you're at your weakest. But the game teaches you how to play the game well, and that's kind of something that the first game did too. Was it taught you how to play the game well, so that when yeah. it went on later on, you knew how. Whenever you got, you know, progressively as the game goes on, you end up with larger groups of enemies, or you get yeah. maybe three enemies plus one of those flipping dare things. I don't know what they are. The what you know, you know what I mean. They're those big things that they ride on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but you you're just generally better because you understand yeah. the combat more. And also, it was far of time or just the idea that use verticality to your advantage, use your jump attacks and things like that yeah. to your advantage. So I think that's where the first indication for me was: oh wait, combat actually isn't the same. You know, combat has changed slightly. Yes, yeah. What what I'd say is because I I literally replayed God of War before, but well, I finished God of War the day night before right. going into Ragnarok, yeah. and it all felt very familiar. Yeah, which is good, but it felt more and better. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was you knew you knew what you were doing, but there felt more to it and expanded. But it wasn't like going from one style to something completely new. Mm. Do you know, it felt very familiar, which was always, which was great, you know, and the new elements that, which I know that we'll go into more detail later on, but like it felt, you know, similar enough that you you knew what you were going for, but better as well, yeah. you know. And I think that was, you know, why it was so easy. I mean, anyone that plays Ragnarok, having not played 2018, I think it's just out of their mind. And they're, they're it's like, it's like watching an endgame like watching Infinity War, right? It's, you're doing yourself yeah. a disservice, yeah. And um, the familiarity of it actually helped. You know, some people would... Um, if 
in most circumstances, if you get a sequel where the gameplay was pretty much exactly the same as the previous game, to the extent that Ragnarok was, you would find some people criticising that. But because it was like a continuation of the story of the first game, it just made, it just made sense to keep everything feeling the yeah. same. Um, but then, like, so this was something that was brought up before in... So when the previews were released for this game about 10 days before the game came out, basically the previews stopped after five hours or so. And whenever they did it for 2018, the previews stopped when you got to Freya's house. And that was before it was revealed that the game was actually semi-open world. Um, So whenever the previews were being done, they were saying, oh, we think that something big is going to happen because when they did the previews before, something big happened at the end of the preview window in the first game, sure enough, the big thing that happened, and I was getting so excited because I wasn't sure if they would actually do this or not, you end up, you, after five hours, you then start your first Atreus sequence. Now, I would love an Atreus standalone game because he is so fun to control. He's, he's so much fun. Like, yeah. where Kratos is big, sturdy, and strong, Atreus is, like, nimble and agile, and his attacks feel so fast and fluent. And like yeah. I found myself not even needing the block because I was hitting them so many times they could already get an attack. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just so yeah. and I was like, this is a joy. And this is before I will talk about this later on. But then the reveal with his rage bar later on. Well, I will get oh. into that, right? But like the first sequence is you going to see Freya to try and play the beer. You know, you want a tress trying to be like, come on, Freya, like we're we're honestly trying to be your friends here. We don't want to keep fighting you. Blah blah blah. Ragnarok's coming, and also I'm like basically a god and a giant, and I'm like foretold to be the best person on earth ever. Yeah. So like, <laughs> can you stop messing about? Because like we're trying to be your mate here. Um, but that whole sequence leading up to that, not only was it fun playing as Tress, but I quite enjoyed having Sindri there because it was the first time you had a new companion. That was quite so cool. Good. All those, all those characters, the likes of Sindri, Brock, Mimir, Freya, they are all so much better in oh, this big game. Big time, big time. Whereas, like, say Sindri and Brock, they were like your merchants. Do you know, yeah. there was they were cool, and they were like, it was like, oh, they're them lads are back. But they turned into such well-rounded, fantastic characters yeah. in this game. Yeah, like later on, again, we'll get to. Like some of the stuff that happens with them characters is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It's amazing. You know. Uh but it's 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 great going with Sindri and his characteristics of like being concerned about everything being clean yeah. when you go and fix the handle <laughs> yeah. and he's like, Oh god, it's all dirty and he's trying to like do it. <laughs> Just one thing we did forget to mention early on, which is in the trailers, I'm probably not surprised, but when you're riding back and you're attacked by Freya. Yeah. Before going into the stave, and again, just go the first how bombastic that first two hours is. Well, just to, to mention that, we've, but we, it, it's it's crazy. I even forgot to mention the dream sequence with Faye because I was like, "Oh Jesus, yeah, uh, we forgot Faye." Yeah, because I, because I, <laughs> I, I did, I had spoken previously. We I did a, like a predictions podcast with Adrian, and I had said on that that I was hoping that we would see Faye, like we would see Faye yeah. in some form, and then half an hour in, you get your first dream and Faye sitting chatting and I, I'm honestly sitting playing the game like this I'm like, my hands are on my head 
I'm like, what is it? Like, I'm going, what? I literally, I think verbally out loud said, what is going on at seven o'clock in the morning? My dad at his door yeah. goes, are you all right? And I went, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but those sequences were just unreal. They were so well done. So good. So good. Like, I liked, there's arguments to say it should Faye have been left as the, the mythical presence, the, 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 just the humming theme, mm. you know, to like mention Faye. But then like the bit where the hand comes over, I originally thought, well, what's going on mm. here? Like, shit's about to go down. But then it turns over and it's Faye. And I like you, I was like, oh my God, it's Faye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, seeing Debran and Wolf there, like, it's like, oh my God. But again, it's such a good moment and adds so much more to like Kratos and that. Yeah. You get time. to see the relationship they have or had, yeah, and you get to see Faye's character. You know, it's so it's such good stuff for it. You know, and we'll definitely talk about this later on. But the way the creator also brings oh, more context to yeah. Faye's character for Kratos yeah. is just—I mean, it's—it's it's probably the best side area the game ever. But I don't want to get too sidetracked by that because yeah. we'll talk about that specifically later on. But um, so the story you go. I just want to kind of quickly. I don't want to spend it just talking about too much of the story because we're going to get flipping. We're going to be here for eight hours. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> you go to Alfheim again, and the sanctuary is different because the light elves take over. That was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Very cool. Um, yeah. I can't remember. Again, showing the consequences of what you did in the first game, yep. how it has an effect on everything. And I yeah. enjoyed that you're constantly questioning the whole time. Atreus is going like. Did we do the right thing? And it was almost like yeah. during 2018, you're, the boss says you've done the wrong. The boss there's like, oh, you made a mistake. And they, done, you done and they yeah. kind of don't mention that again. It's always in the background. But then the way they bring it up in this game is just, um, it's just quality, the way they like bring that idea back with, you know, with Tear being there, who's like, you know, he's all of a sudden for some for some reason, he's all about peace. This tear, you know, he's he seems wild, yeah. rocking the fight, um, and he's you know talking all so what? Not much of a god of war. No, not much of a god. Of, it's almost <laughs> like he wasn't the god of war. Um, so you get that kind of context, which is great. And Alfheim, I mean, I enjoyed Alfheim the first game. I actually really, really liked the side areas in Alfheim. I thought they were both fantastic. Um, I I loved them. That, yeah, again. I loved Alfheim in the first game. Hated the the Derek Elves. Yeah. They were the most annoying enemies in the game. Um didn't mind the light elves as much, but yes, the, it's the, the, the areas you go to after the, the story element yeah. is so good. Yeah. I think that's something that's like a common thread through the more explorable realms, because obviously not all realms are like semi open yeah. world, because that would be mental. And if you expect that then you need to have a look at yourself, I think. But um the ones that do have side areas to explore like some I would say most of those areas are better than the story areas and that's not to take away from the story areas it's that what they do with the explorable areas is just so good so good so yeah. well done and they had yeah. let me I think correct me if I'm wrong but they had four so they had Lake of Nine Svartalfheim Alfheim yeah. and uh and Vanaheim and then you've got yeah now, Niflheim, I was, I was disappointed with them. We'll get to that. Um, I was as well, yeah. Mussfelheim was just like similar, but 
and I, I actually did all those trials today that we've recorded them. I spent three hours today doing all those trials. I actually really, yeah. actually really enjoyed them. They're so fun, aren't they? They're yeah. really fun, and they do make you feel, especially when I'm fully leveled up. I just, you know, you're just, yeah. you're just rinsing people for free. You're just a badass, absolutely. You're just a badass. Yeah. And then obviously you do, you can't go back, and uh, Asgard you can't go back to, obviously. And then Helheim is just nothing because it's hell, I suppose. So what would there be to explore there? That would make no sense. I don't think. Yeah, I was I want I was a little bit disappointed in the hell that you couldn't go back to some areas and what we had in the first game, how cool that was with the ship and everything yeah. and that. But like again, as you say, it makes it makes sense why. Yeah. Do you know I thought I, I just like the area of Helheim. I think it's just a cool area yeah. to explore. Absolutely, yeah. With um I'm not gonna even attempt to pronounce the name, but the giant eagle, yeah. the watcher of hell, just constantly looking at you is so cool. The fact that you could go and talk to that eagle in this game as well. Uh that you could yeah. in the first game that the eagle's in the distance. Before, yeah. Whereas, and then also, I think you do see the ship and it's crashed because obviously you crashed the ship, uh, in the previous in twenty eighteen. So I missed that to be honest. So with like, you. I didn't see the ship crash. So like, I think when you're with Atreus and you're going through with Throod, there's like a ship, a big ship to the side that's just you can't get onto it, but it's crashed. And I think that was supposed to be the ship oh, yes, that you yes, crashed yes, in the. Yeah. First game, I think I might be wrong. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know, but I think that is what that is. Um, happy, happy to be wrong on that. Happy just to be yeah. a random ship, but I, that that was what I took from it. <laughs> um, so was it after Alfheim that we got the Jotunheim sequence in? Yes. So yes, it was. I'm going to say this. So a lot of people have an issue with the Jotunheim sequence. A lot of people say it's too slow and uh, too long drawn out and all that kind of stuff. Jotunheim was one of my favourite sequences because of the character development and the relationship between Angerboda and Atreus. Because Angerboda quickly became one of my favourite characters because of her like playfulness, innocence... Um, but the way that she got on with Atreus, like, all it, it was just beautiful. I just thought it was beautiful. Like, I just thought it was go- like so well done. Yeah, it was. There were some elements like when you're hunting the the rats' nests. I, I'm using air yeah. quotes for the rats' nests, whatever they were. Like that's a bit like you probably could have trimmed that a bit, but there's still elements in that with the characters that is worth it. Yeah. Do you know that'll probably be like it's it does slow it down, but up to that point it felt like we were moving. Yeah, you know we were we were going fast and it just takes it down. But again, though, if you think from Angry Border's point of view, she thinks she's done. Yeah. after this, she thinks she she's she doesn't know what's going to happen to her, but she thinks she's just going to disappear or something because she disappears from the the murals yeah. of. The up there is like, so it, it makes sense why she is trying to, you know, have this moment with Atreus Loki. It annoyed me that he kept referring to himself as Loki. I was like, nah, man, your name's Atreus. Yeah, that, that was one thing that annoyed me. That was when he started getting. That's <laughs> when he started getting a bit big for his boots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like. Oh, Loki, Loki, no, man, your name's Atreus. Did you not hear Kratos tell the story of the man that was like class and he did this yeah. and that? And he was like, you're named after him. And he's like, no, I'm Loki now. No, 
you pleb. Um, but there was that really cool <laughs> sequence before he arrived in Newtonheim where Atreus is watching back yep. the ghost of his yep. past, sort of thing. And then yeah. he ended up taking the position of which one was it? Moody? Magni? Magni. Uh, I'm not sure. If, I can't remember which one, one it is, but yeah. One of Thor's kids. And he, yeah. He watches his perspective as he watches his young self dead kill him. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. I mean, that was just, that was really, really nice. <laughs> it was funny where like young Atreus, like whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And you see like older Atreus, yeah. like geez, you know, he realizes how much of an idiot yeah. he was in the, back then, like, you know. Um, but then you get the reveal that the giants actually weren't dead and that they were, they put their souls in those uh, marbles to kind of be sustained. I suppose that there was a second chance. Yes. They were hiding from Thor. And then kind of the gloss over some of the stuff. We then got, it wasn't explicitly said, but it was definitely, definitely implied the birth, essentially, of Jormungandr. Um, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, definitely then. but yeah. it's like, you know, it was like, what I liked about it was it didn't outright go, you know, it wasn't outright that Atreus was all immediately like, oh, this must be Jormungandr. You know, it was like, you had to, as the player, you yourself had to realize that that's what was happening. And yeah. I thought it was a really nice way of, of you know, in, in, in the myths, you know, in Norse mythology, Jormungandr is the child of um, Loki and Angerboda. So yeah. the way they got around that by having them both put the soul in with the marble, that was a very, very clever workaround of the mythology, yes. I thought. Yeah, well, just to, so it, it's it's great how they work Loki in because effectively he does like Loki doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this in this universe, yeah, it's Atreus. It's not Loki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is cool how they like have all these elements. You know, the Loki, like again, even thinking back to the first game with the mistletoe, how in Norse mythology. Balder dies with a mistletoe arrow yeah. fired by Loki, but it's Loki Atreus has the medallion or the, the mistletoe arrow that he hits. But it's cool how they, they they worked around it to have these elements, you know, with Atreus slash Loki. Yeah. It's very well done. So that was I really I, I loved that bit. And then the next well that was also the area where you unlock your rage. Yes. And in your rage, you turn into a wolf, and oh my days, I was laughing with excitement whenever you first got that. I was yeah. like, this is so good. I, I was wondering if he was going to get a rage bar. I was like, oh, I'm really going to play enough with him for him to get a rage bar. Like, I wasn't sure if I just weren't going to give him one, because he's not. Yes, well, yeah. We did see he had the rage in the first game. You know, that's how he got Could've sick. killed him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I turned into a wolf, oh my days. I was like, this is genius. So good. So good. This, this, this so company, good. this company. Um, and then, then you've got the whole prophecy thing, and that really then starts the whole kind of overarching storyline of kind of prophecy and are you tied yeah. to prophecy or do you write your own fate and yes, yeah, blah blah. And um, there's that beautiful scene where Atreus turns into the wolf and Angerboda like calms him down. 
and like yes, gets him back. So good. And I was like, oh, that is just, I just love that. I was just, oh, I love the characters. I just love the characters. So well they're, they're, they're all so good. They're all so good. But that's it. When you see, like, when you see him see Kratos in his arms, mm. and it's, it's like, again, I actually don't think it, it looks like him, but obviously the way it's, it's a weird one. I'm not sure if it planned out differently. It was always that way along or that, that way it was always going to be yeah. with Odin later on. But anyway, like, um, and you see him see what Kratos has known for years. Yeah. It, it's, it, and it's great. It, that sets up like the divergence of the two where one knows it's going to happen has accepted it and is trying to get him, his son ready to deal with it. Yeah. Where his son's like, hell no, nah, that ain't happening. I'm not letting you die. Yeah. And it's just, just like this slight nearly miscommunication where they won't say what it is and they're going these different ways. It creates a great dynamic with those two characters from this moment. So you've got that. The prophecy then also shows a trace with Odin. Now, the thing I took from it was that he was assuming, I think, that Kratos would die and then he would side with Odin. Wasn't that kind of where he was going with it? Whereas yes, yeah. whenever I was playing the game, I was very much aware that by him going to Asgard and help agreeing to help Odin, that that was that part of the prophecy being essentially fulfilled. Because I was trying to say, you know, like, because you think everything's going to happen, you're then going, right, which part of the prophecy is being fulfilled by them doing yeah. this? So him going down for me was that bit. So it's, I think it also showed that it wasn't all necessarily in order. It wasn't that Kratos was going to die and then Atreus would join Odin. You know that wasn't that wasn't my interpretation. And again, if you have a different interpretation, anyone, if you're listed, please do let us know because I think it's open for interpretation. These things, it is just a drawing on a piece of stone. You know, there's no. It's not explicitly said. I, I sort of, I, I won't lie, I took it as I think Atreus took it at the time. I thought it was a bit like something would happen and he'll end up with Odin. And then, because again, literally taking it from left to right. Mm, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. I took it as that. But again, I won't lie, that that bit left me positive. Like, why? I was trying to like figure out, like, why would he do this after this has happened? Mm. And it was, it kept me like thinking what where it was going to go. Do you know where this this um, written out thing that's going to happen, how it was going to come about. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So then Kratos basically grounds Atreus and then goes to Vanaheim with... Or no, uh, he ends up going back home, but home takes him back to Midgard. And then as he goes to the Mystic Doorway... Kratos just flipping comes out of these. Such a great that was class. I'd actually, I would be, it actually moment. made me jump. And uh, yeah, because you say one of the best boss fights in the game. Yeah, Border's grandmother. Oh yeah, with yeah. The cauldron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. And then like the race back, and then Atreus giving the marbles back to Angerboda yeah. as well. So good. So then you go back. But yes, it... and then you fight a Valkyrie, but they're hinting throughout. They're hinting that it's not like a Valkyrie that you pl- that you fought in the previous game because Mimir has a line where he's like, "Oh, this isn't like a Valkyrie we fought before." You know, they're very much aware of yeah. what they're doing, and lo and behold, it is Freya that you're fighting, and I, that was a great fight. I lo- I loved that, and then and so good, and it's tough. Yeah, yeah, very, very. And tough. I forgot she was the queen of the Valkyries. And you know, yeah. 
Um, so then you then ground Atreus. You say, Atreus, you've been a very bad boy. You didn't tell me where you were. Atreus can't tell Critus where he was because he has to keep Iron with a secret. The secret. Right? Um, and then you go with Freya to Vanaheim, where, and I kind of want to skip over a lot of this stuff because I want to just get to the main beats. But the big story beat in this thing is A, you meet Freya, her brother, which is quite nice. And B, you start having open dialogue with Freya, and you give her historic. Kratos gives her like historical context into his character from the previous games, pre North so Mythology, good. which is just really, really brilliantly written in a way where you're still playing the game and you're not sitting through a cutscene that's happening. But yeah, it's all done through gameplay. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's brilliantly, brilliantly done. So you do that. But what it. Sorry, so what, what I think was great with that was how it's all set up in Midgard after the fight with her. Yeah. And Atreus turns into the bear when sort of Freya gets the upper hand. And Kratos like stops her. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's like, yeah, now nah, stop. And then she's like, yeah. And, and she's like, hang on a minute. Like, you know, I'm trying to kill you here. Yeah. You know, and you're trying to stop me. Yeah. Do you know, it, it's, you're trying to let me, which I think was a great for Kratos as well, because he's like, if you want to do it, you know, I know what I did, mm. you know. But it and then that leads to that amazing moment with them in Vanaheim traveling through and him telling her about her family. He's like, Oh, what do you know of, of losing a child? And he's like, I murdered my child. Yeah. Have some of that love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm covered in their ashes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so basically the big story beat here is that and I think the implication is they are, and I've seen a lot of talk about this online about how well it depicts like the trauma of abuse. And um, whenever, yes. whenever Freya gets to like unravel herself from from the world tree, and she's like, "Get out of me!" and blah blah, blah and all this. Such a good moment, um, yeah. Brilliantly acted, uh, and brilliantly written. But then you've got another massive boss fight. Um, which also gave the me a, hug. Oh. gave me a jump scare, which also was quite tough, um, but very very good, very well done. I don't want to talk too much about. I'm trying to focus story, and I've realised that we're only halfway through, and it's been forty five minutes. But um, <laughs> basically, Freya can now travel through all the realms, right? And then you get this cool moment where Freya becomes your like Atreus. Sidekick, and she can do all the things that Atreus could do, and you're like, "This is such cool." A twist. Like, this is I'm quite enjoying this. And again, you've got that great moment where Freya's like, "I'm still angry at you, but I under I realize now that you're not the one that needs to die." And Kratos says, "Look, yeah. I'm never gonna apologize, or I'm never gonna be sorry for saving your life, but I'm sorry for not giving you the opportunity to decide whether you want to live or die." Right? So, yeah. They fought, and I'll never take that away from yeah. you again. So they they kind of uh, reform their bond, and that I think whole relationship is so much deeper by the end of the game between the two of them. So much stuff, um, which is just I think it's just superbly done again. It just think if there was one thing, a slight criticism, it goes from Freya wanting. She lessens slightly on the on the trip to 
the nil hog, the the roots, the the interesting. Yeah, but it's a bit like as soon as that's done, it's all very like there's not much tension after that. It literally goes straight away. If if there's not much of a yes, they've come to a mutual understanding, but you'd imagine she's had this built up for so long. It's a slight little too easy if that, well, if that makes sense. Well, you, you, it's a bit of a nitpick, I, I think, but you, you know, it's well, you, you have had a Tresco tour. She's then seen Kratos stop Atreus as a bear from killing her and telling Atreus she was our friend directly in front of her. So she's saying that he's actively not trying to hurt her. And then there's all the context as they're building up to the fight. And then again, yeah, you know, yeah. he actively helps her free the, the route during the fight because sure he creates the gap for her to fly yeah, in. Yeah, no, very very true. You know very true. But I think it's just still considering how much there was, it's very like you know, like Jess were great buds mm, again, like yeah. nothing's ever changed. You know, again, it's very it's very slight. Again, I as I said it's probably nitpicking yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. But it do, it does go from like a hundred to zero, do you know, like if that yeah, no, it, yeah. It, it, it makes it makes sense, but it's just for, for, it's, it, just thinking now on it, it was probably a little bit too quick. Do you know afterwards? I think it's because her attention maybe not too quick. Her attention changes to Odin. She kind of yeah. Again, there's a bit of that as well, where she's kind of like actually yeah, you know. But I do I do agree with you in a way that even whenever there was no tension, there's no tension when she is your partner. Like she doesn't really say yes. anything. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah. we're good buds, and if you weren't still in love with Faye, maybe we'd kiss and like, you know, like there's, there's, you know, it's all, yeah, you know, it's all lovely, and I just want them to get married, but that's that's never gonna happen. Um, even even if it was like again, just in gameplay where he goes like Freya, and she's like, like oh, I yeah. got it, Do you know, like leave me alone, Do you know, just even a little bit. Again, it's not, mo- it's very minor, yeah. But it's just something I just sitting here now. Thought, I just thought of it's like it, it sort of does. It does de-escalate. Yes, there's all the stuff up to it, but it, there's you would still imagine there would still be a slight bit of tension between the two. Even if like or more sort of coming from Frey, I should say. Even if like during uh, like a large wave of enemies, and you get through, and Freya could have gone something like, how part of me was kind of hoping you were going to die there. You know, like, like yeah, almost. Yeah, I wouldn't have had to kill you myself. You know, kind of like. Yeah. So what I was, I think the I agree that it's, you know, it, it's there is stuff done beforehand to justify it. Yeah. But I just think, and obviously, says she realizes, yeah, you're not the one that needs to die. It's Odin, but you still could have had. A little bit of of just tension. It's it's they're okay. They're not gonna turn and go at each other. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, there was still this long period where she was like focused solely on Kratos killing him. Yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah. Again, not like oh, you know, I, I can't wait for this to be over so I can kill you. Just little sort of you know snips at him or something. Do you know what I mean? You get a little bit, but not. It goes from like to. I want to rip your throat out, uh, Jess. We're going to have a bit of supper, will we? Do you know, it's, yeah. it's again, it's very minor and it's probably nitpicky, as I said, but it's one thing that it's like, yeah, do you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I get you there. Um, so then, 
you go on, you go back to Sendry's house. So by the way, I haven't mentioned Sendry's house. Sendry's house is your base. It's like in the world tree and it's it replaces Tears Temple from the first game. And one of the things that I nitpicky didn't like too much about the general story was you would do a chapter and then it would be back to Sindri's house, let's go back to Sindri's house. And at times it felt like there wasn't an awful lot of fluidity. Now, I understand why they had to do that, especially with the scope and size of the story. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't feel... At times it felt like you were maybe only doing something for half an hour and you go back to Sindri's house, for example. But anyway... I agree. It, it feels... Just to, sorry, echo that. It's very much... Whereas, again, the first game, it's, it's, it is like... A constant movement. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. with Ragnarok, it's like you go back to Sindri's, that bit's done now. It's done and yeah. dusted. You know, it, it's very much a ending of that segment of yeah. that chapter you've just done. Yeah. 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 Um so then you get a big row between Kratos and Atreus where Kratos doesn't trust Atreus because Atreus isn't being truthful to him. Which then Late, which then triggers Atreus so much that he decides to go to Asgard, which I was like, his Atreus' motivation for me was not at all uh, correct. <laughs> like, it was like, if I go there, <laughs> then everyone else will be safe. And you're like, <laughs> what? Um, he, he was very much the petulant teenager that was like, screw you yeah. guys, I'm going home. <laughs> it was yeah. a bit like uh, that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, you know, he, he absolutely messes up Sindri as he's leaving. You yep. know, poor Sindri, like. And then he storms out and goes to, it, it, it's like, what? Yeah, it's, yeah. it doesn't, it, it's it's a weird one. Like the man you were trying, a bit ago you were trying like, yeah, we've got to get him, we got to get him, you know. Ragnarok, you know, where it's yeah. coming. And he's like, my and friend, it, my friend Odin. <laughs> Three and a half hours previously, he had just said, I would never work with Odin. No way. <laughs> and then, like, Not he's literally, yeah, he's then working with Odin. This, These sections were good. Uh, and, you know, the cool thing about that was that you ended up going off with Thor, which I thought was quite cool, and, like, doing okay. your stuff. Um, Asgard was so cool. Yes, um, I loved Asgard, and they completely subvert your expectation because we're kind of brainwashed thinking Asgard's this big, like royal city. You're thinking, and... you're thinking the Marvel Asgard, yeah, absolutely. You're thinking absolutely. this big grand palace, it's gold and everything, and it's like <laughs> it's like an old little village. Do you know? Well, they it's... do. I think they. I think they do that deliberately to, you know, completely get you to understand that, like. Asgard's just a really nice, quaint wee place, you know, where, like, yeah. everybody's safe and there's no Fimble Winter here and, like, you know, it's, you know, the house, you know, it's it's very, like, a Viking village almost, basically, is yeah. kind of what it is. It, it gave me, it's very much, like, Odin's an issue. Yeah. But not everyone in Asgard is a piece of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know? Well, Heimdall certainly it. is. <laughs> You literally took the words out of my mouth. The great moment where, like, I was a bit sickened we didn't get to spend more time in Asgard because it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It was such a beautiful realm. Do you know? Mm. And you got me climb the wall, really cool. And then you get up and you get up and this dickhead 
is like, oh, didn't the world give you a clone to keep out? And it's like, <laughs> man, the most punchable face. If you could, he'd be slapped. Oh, you know, I have like killing him was my one of my favorite bits of the game, just because of how annoying he was. Like, just so well written again, because obviously, and also very well acted. You know, like. He's brilliant. Whole, he was brilliant. the whole. He was just so good. You, you just, you know, you just. But I, I did legitimately hate him. You know, like I was like, you are yeah. so annoying. Um. So, I'm trying to think of just I'm, walking. Sorry, as I said, just even walking around as Gareth Owen. Once, once Thor comes in and saves you from Heimdall. He's yeah, like, he's a guest of the old, the old father, the whatever his name is. Um. And the old father, isn't it? Yeah, it's not the old father. It's, it's the old, old father. The old father, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Thor's like, he's a guest. And then Odin comes in, he's like, go on, go away with you. And then you walk around and you see the two Valkyries and Gana mm. training the age of no horror. My pronunciation of these things is, is awful. But you go around and you go, Odin like takes you on a trip and he's like, look how great I am with me yeah. ravens and everything. You know, it's very much like he's buttering Atreus up. And then you go to Spotify with him and all. That's and you see, you see Derlin. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. so good. Like you're going between the realms. It's, it's so good. And you see how much of a manipulator Odin is. In oh this, yeah, big in this time. Segment, this segment. It's like you see, but he does, you see it, but he's sort of, for me anyway, he wore me down a bit. He was like, yeah. ah, he's just trying to, you know, learn and get knowledge in that. He, he's not, you know, maybe it is a bit of the case of, ah, everyone, you know, they're a bit burnt and that. It might be, you know, you're hearing one side of the story. Mm. It might not all be true. Do you know, it, I had that moment where it's like, he's not all good, but he might not be all bad. Do you know, it's... <laughs> Oh, he's not a bad guy. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> um, so you do have that kind of knowledge thing come in and you do your stuff with Thor and you meet Thrud, which is Thor's the daughter. Mask, and yeah. She's great. great and she, yeah. she's, she's very good. Um, and then you decide to go back because you miss home. And you, After I think, hell, where you release yeah, Garm. Yes, and you release, you release Garm. And when you go back... One of Garm's realm tears has ended up at Sindri's house. So you initially fight as Atreus, and then you transition into fighting as Kratos, which is quite nice. The way you kind of like swap halfway through, because then Atreus goes to help Freya. And what a great moment when Kratos says, "I'm sorry." Yeah, at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The characters are so good. It's just just so well done. And that's a great moment, like, where, as you say, where you switch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so good. So then you, you do that, you sort that, and then isn't that when you go to Helheim? You go to, to Helheim with Kratos, yeah. and they have the the promise. Yeah. So they go and they uh, they kill Garm. Uh, you know, Peter worked for Peter weren't very happy with that. They were like, you can't be killing big dogs. I was like, well, it's not, you know, like, come on. You come can't on. be killing a big hellhound. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that and was great. That was super because you think, oh, you've ki- you think you've killed them 
And then, oh, wait, <laughs> oopsie, you haven't. <laughs> you know, like... So fi- good. So that was a class fight. And I actually forgot what happened until about 10 minutes ago as we were talking. Um, but then that's the where bit- you... Sorry, wait, I was just wait, with the moment where Trace goes up, he's like, "Trust me," and Craig's like, "I do." Yeah, and it's just—it's so good. Yeah, and then and then, sorry, carry on. And then he puts the so he puts the wee start like the wee knife into Garm because Angrabuda had told them that there was a spirit in the sword. There was a soul in the sword, and that is where you get giant Fenrir, and it so is good. another brilliant way of them going around the mythology because I don't know if you're the same as me. I was like, like in the promotional material, we had seen a giant Fenrir, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And then Fenrir, the, the puppy dies. And I'm like, right. Uh, part of me is going like, on. Yeah. Like, have they done a last of us part two of us here, but not to the same extent, you know, have they just said that Joel's in the game and Joel's yeah. in the game. Um, and that if, was, if I may as well, Sorry, you do actually see a bit of a spirit going in. Yeah, I actually restarted it, and you actually see a bit going in. Yeah, it's so it's so minuscule that if you don't recognise it, you miss it. Yeah. again, like the Blades of Chaos in the first game when he pulls the trace out of the hole, you you notice they they don't miss anything. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, so absolutely. Well I think it's one of those things where. But I will take a break before I do a second playthrough because I would like to think I think like. I think God of War and God of War Ragnarok are going to become my Christmas games where every, like, around Christmas every year I'm yeah. going to play 2018 and Ragnarok as one big story. Yeah. Um, and I might even just put it in story mode just to, like, get yeah. the story because, like, we'll talk about this at the end, but the... I said to someone that I wish more people we're open to playing video games because I think more people deserve to know this story. Like that is how good this story is. And like it would you see 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 if I had a group of mates or if I if I was living with my friends still, I would want to play the game in story mode so that we would like watch the game together like a like yeah. a movie. Yeah. Because I just think it's that good that like more and more people should and I don't I don't want it to be a TV series because I think it is absolutely perfect as a game. It's it's very much for this medium. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I think The Last of Us is going to work really well as a TV show. Just on a camera, yeah. I think I'm really looking forward to it. But I do think December every year I'm going to sit down and I'm going to re-download God of War 2018 and I'm going to play it in story mode and yeah. then I want to finish that. I'm going to play Ragnarok, play it in story mode straight away. And I think it's going to be... Because I, I know a lot of people have the, a game they play every year, like a tradition. I think yeah. I've I've just decided I think that's going to be it's my tradition. Work. Yeah. Because um, that's and how just, good just, it is. It's, it's, it's so good. And just again, to agree with your, more of your point there, there, there... The gameplay, the gameplay in these games is brilliant. It's so much fun. Yeah, the bosses are great, but again, they're very much about the narrative. Absolutely. Whereas something say like Elden Ring, where there is the narrative, the lore, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah. But it's very much more of a a, a backseat to the gameplay and the bosses, wherein the challenge of those fights is the core mechanic of it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they yeah. are very much, you know, they're different experiences where where I would say for Elden Ring, you can't give that a, a gimme story mode because the game is the the difficulty is quintessential to the experience of that game. Yeah. Whereas God of War, it's the story where you would still have those great the great gameplay, the great boss fights and everything like that. It's just you're getting the story as as the the, the main element of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I will never do the Muslim trials again. Do you know what I mean? I don't need to. Yeah. I just want, I'm not here for the game, I'm here for the story kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, again, like The Last of Us. Yeah. Like the, the, the gameplay in The Last of Us isn't, the, in the original, isn't that good? It, yeah. It's serviceable. It's not like, oh, geez, this is amazing. But the, you go back for the story because it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we've, Fenrir's back. What's the next major story beat then? Then it's... Is it the spear? Does... No. We've missed the Norns. Oh, we missed that out completely. Yeah, that was a weird section. Um, That was probably the one... Thinking that, that was probably the weirdest... It was cool getting there. And I loved where we went. But... It, it was just, it was a strange element of it, but it was also key because they yes. talked about how the reason they could predict was because everybody was so predictable, right? Yeah, there's no such thing as prophecy. It's just you're all so obvious what you're like. Yeah, but like that obviously is a killer, you know. It's yeah, but obviously in the last hour and a half, that is where that completely switches, and we'll get to that because yeah, Kratos goes completely out of character. That mm. the Norns would never have predicted because, but they don't. They don't even. They don't even mention that in the game. But it's when I think about it now, that's exactly what they were going for. Was the reason that it didn't follow prophecy was because the predictability stopped. You know, even even when you think Kratos and Heimdall, we've actually, we've got it. We've got it out of order because yeah. I think they go to the Norns and then they say that Heimdall is going to kill Atreus, and he's like, "How do I?" fight this guy and kill this guy if he's going to hurt Atreus. Yeah. You need something that's unpredictable because he can see everyone's intentions and that's when you go and get the the spear, which we yeah. need to talk about because that's an amazing moment. But And then and then they go to hell, don't they? If, if I remember correctly. It's while Atreus is in Asgard. You're off yeah. Freya. Isn't that how? I think so, yeah. Because there's that thing where Atreus goes to sleep and puts something on the Puts his knife on the barrel, and then you, and then it, the shot stays in the knife, but it comes back, and it's Kratos with his knife. So you've got yes. like the, so that's how. So he's in, he's in Asgard. Then you go off with Freya, um, and do all that stuff, and then you also get that's that great side story about Sigrun, and and Mimir. That's kind of yeah embedded because it's all in the same areas, and you know, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um. So you do that, but I want to go to the spear specifically because as a story device, that whole thing with Brock was just beautifully done and an excellent yeah. moment. It's you, you find out earlier on that Brock died. Yeah. And Sindri went to the Light of Alfheim and got three parts, three or four parts of his soul. Oh, three yeah. out of four, sorry. So he's not complete. Yeah. And you basically go to the Lady of the Forge 
to build a weapon. Um, just actually, so, slight tangent. I apologize. Were you question now? Or the, were you disappointed? You couldn't wield Mjolnir. No. I no. was the same. I was, I was a bit like, ah, that's a shame. But like, once we got the spear, I was like, this is class. I also didn't expect us to because, really, yeah, because, and I kind of agree with what Eric Williams said about it. It would have felt too easy. I absolutely agree. I completely agree. Eric, when I heard Eric Williams say it, I was like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, It, it makes so much sense. But based on what God of War has been, where you get all these weapons from killing the gods, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. there's going to be a moment where you fight Thor and then surely you kill him because you're Kratos, the god killer, and you get Mjolnir. But I actually love the way it was done, where you don't. Because yeah. again, as you say, the axe and the hammer did the same thing. Yeah. Except it's ice and lightning. Do you know, yeah. it, it, it works. So, I, and I, the story of the spear and how, you know, again, they talk about how the spear is the only weapon that is actually Kratos' own because it's his blood in it. <laughs> so good. Um, now, I love the story bit with Brock where it turns out that they, the Forge can't even see Brock. So it's she only sees Kratos, but then Kratos is like, no, I need a proper blacksmith to bless oh. this. And I was like, oh my days, this is just... Kratos, is a... Kratos has a motion. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? The, this bit actually made me well up with tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like, he... Because Brock is so excited to see the Lady of the Forge. Yeah. And he is literally ecstatic. Do you know, he is so happy with himself that he is here. He's handing her the wind. Do you know yeah. he he gives he tells Kratos oh, he needs blood, and then it gets to it like we need a blessing, and you literally see him, like just lose everything in that mm. moment, and how, you know, then what Kratos does is just, oh, Kratos ain't like a big brute machine. Like he actually has these two later games show how much. Humanity Kratos actually yeah, has. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you get the spear now. I want to take a brief minute to talk about the spear. Um so I think I'm in the minority. Because everyone seems to love the spear. I basically never use the spear now, end game. Um I just can't Ah I don't know if it, if you nearly spent two like you didn't get the spirit of two thirds of the way through the game, and I just always preferred the axe and the blades to use. So I never got into the habit of using the spear, and so it's I've barely I've I've honestly hardly used it. My game, I'm going to be honest. I didn't like it at first. I was yeah. like, ah, what a spear. Like, is that it? Yeah. But the more I use it, I was like, this is a lot of fun to use. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it, You can get some great upgrades in that for it. It's, it's, and it, it's probably the one I go to the most because it can just, it can make bits of anyone. Wow. Okay. Like, even if, even if it's a nice enemy, the spear will do it. Fire, yeah. the spear will do it. Do you know? And the fact that you can, like, suck 
<laughs> Sounds weird. You can like suck the element out of the enemy and use it against them. It's so good. It's 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 actually such a fun weapon to use. See, I haven't used it enough to even know you could do that. So that is where we're you know, that is how little I've used the thing. Um <laughs> I use it I use it purely as a puzzle solving device when it comes to putting <laughs> in those air holes. Um and sometimes I'll use it to like plant multiple spears into it or blow it up, but um I just I think I'm a very stubborn person and I find a rhythm with the other two and I was like, I've got my rhythm now. Like so maybe come next year's playthrough I will when I get the spear, but I will try and use the actually use the spear a bit, see what it's like. But I'm too deep now. I only have three or four boss fights left until I get the platinum. So uh, there really is no need for me to learn how to use it. Um, you'll need it against the old King Hrothgar. Do you? Yeah, you'll need it against him. Oh. So, but, <laughs> but I thought it was good. I, I actually predicted that we were going to get a spear as well, so I'm, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that. Like I said, we'd get a spear. Um, and I do like a chase and puzzle solving. Um, it's very clever. Yeah. And the fact that you put it on your back and it's attached to a ring is also very well done because imagine your back would have looked so cluttered with blades and axe and a spear attached to your back. Even, that would have, would have been mad. The drop in the ring, it's so cool where you just see like Kratos just go like shake his hand yeah. down. It just it appears. It's so cool. Yeah. It's such a, such a cool idea behind it. So you get the spear. What is the next major thing? Is it Frere is kidnapped and you have to go on? So yeah, then you go obviously you go back to Atreus in hell, because they go back, don't they? Yeah. Um they go back to, to Sindri's and then it's you go back to Atreus um in hell and you're doing the mask again because it's weird um oh through, isn't it? No, and then you, you release Garm. Oh yeah, and then beat Garm, get Fenrir. And then, yes. Then you go to Nephilim. Then, then they agree. Yes. Then they agree. It's no. It's not. Then it's Freya. Then it's Freya. You have to say Freya. That's right. Because you go in in hell with a trace and Trude. Uh, Hind would go to get the box that captures the moon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you go back, don't you? You fight. You get Fenrir. You go back and it's like, right, okay, Freya's been kidnapped. And then you go back to Vanaheim and you see Helisvini. Yes. And then, yeah, that was cool because it was like, he was like, oh, how's it going, guys? You're like, who the frig are you? And he's like, <laughs> oh, and he's like, oh, you shot me. me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that was cool. I like that. But really the main, the main thing from that part of the game is that you get that scene from the trailer where you shoot the arrow into the sky and that was that was just brilliant spectacular and then that that's, was so good and then that's used as a device to navigate around Vanaheim because you can only get to certain points parts of the world at a certain time of day so they brought that in and then you get that scene where you've got Frere's paper flying boat thing um, so and that was a great scene, and then you get attacked by a um They're not Dra are they Drakes? No, they're uh because of W. Um I can't remember now. 
it's like a they're red. electric anyway. Yeah. yeah. Wyvern. Wyvern, that's the one. Yeah. And uh, and one of your crew members um, falls off the boat. You're like, that oh, was that's badass. Yeah. And you're like, ah, right, Frank, he's gone. Blah blah. You finish up, but then you get this. Um, because Freya get... and Freya go back, don't they, to Sindri's to heal Freya. Yeah. But then you get the side quest, which opens up the crater. You follow the dog. No, I didn't. So I, I got down to the crater, opened the Mystic Gateway, and left it because I already heard about the crater. We will go back to the crater after we've finished finally getting through the story because that deserves a bit of time by itself. And then... <coughs> What what happens is that then the tear thing next, or is that Atreus going off to? We've actually missed, like, we've missed the Heim, we've missed the Heimdall fight, don't we? Because you you oh, set the plan to rescue Freya, so then you fight Heimdall, which is actually a massive moment for Kratos, yeah, because he's trying to go against what he is or what he was, yeah. the God Killer, and he actually he actually gets up and leaves him. But Heimdall yeah. is just asking for it. And, you know, he tries he, he tries to, to not do it. Do you know, it's a great, it's a very cool boss fight. But it's just, he he tries to, to not do it. But Heimdall literally gives him no option. He's like, I'm yeah. going to go and kill Atreus. Yeah. And let you, you know. So he turns, the ghost of Sparta demolishes him. And Mimir is like, oh, brother. And it's like, well, you know. And I think it's great because I think in that moment, Kratos is absolutely disgusted with himself. Yeah. I think when you see him afterwards, he, he knows why he had to do it, but he's absolutely disgusted with himself. Yeah, 100%. Um, it was almost like he had no choice. Like he kind of, there's a part of him, while he's been disgusted himself, understands that he pretty much had no choice. Well, he did have a choice, but he he had to, in his head he has to protect his son. Yeah. Um. So. And it's like they're trying to go against the prophecy, but they are. They're going yeah. directly. They're directly following it. And in my head, I'm going. Kratos is then going to die because they are actively. Yes, you I know, thought they, the same. Yeah. You know, because they are following the prophecy, even though they're trying to avoid it. Um. So so that was yeah. That was that was a great fight. Actually, it was a very enjoyable fight. That as well. Really um, fun. And the so, Bifrost arm, the the Bifrost arm was class as well. Yeah. After, yeah. after he slices the arm off, and he like rolls his Bifrost arm. It's really cool. I, I it's also the best use, and it's a great new mechanic in this game. You know the the double tap the parry button to like yes, shield bash. Uh, blue. Yeah, yeah. Great use of it in this fight, and it's a great mechanic in the game. The shield bash, they they really utilize it quite a lot. Um, so once you've done that, isn't that when Atreus says he has to go back to Asgard? Yes, because he he knows that Odin wants the mask. He wants to see what it is. Yeah. So he goes to try and figure out what's going on, and yeah. that's that's when they go. The great bear fight, which was amazing with Thor, so good. 
He's like, grab, because he goes, because they, they, they originally think that the, the, the last part of the mass is in hell, but it's yeah. not. And then Odin's like, yeah, right, fair enough, no harm, come back whenever you want it when the trace leaves. And it's like, oh no, I know where it is, I mistranslated it, it's in Niflheim. And he's like, right, take Thor. And we get this epic bear brawl, as I said, and it's just so much fun. Yeah. It's crazy in Thor face, <laughs> just getting into a big scrap, like. And that's also like a, a great development of Thrud's character because she's so disappointed in Thor. Like, she's so sick know, of him, like that. And, yeah. And I really liked Thrud as a character. I was like rooting Same. for. You know, I was like, "Yes, yeah. Thrud, let's go," kind of thing. I was mad for it to be a Valkyrie. I was like, yeah, you you go and yeah, get that. Yeah, yeah, you go be a Valkyrie. Um, and so, yeah, you go to Niflheim. You get the last piece, but you use a thing that Sindri gave you. To quickly escape before when uh, Sif arrives with the two Valkyries yeah. and like arrest him, yeah, you kill Heimdall because they they find the mask, don't they? And Odin comes back, yeah, and Sif, who was another great character as well, he thought she was going to be very one note, but she's actually yeah. very good. And then she basically has a whisper in Thor's ear and is like, "What are you doing?" After Odin's trying to be like, "It wasn't, it wasn't Loki, it was yeah. his father." And like Thor goes to get him. Yeah. Thor goes to get Atreus, like, and he uses that. So he gets away. The world tree. And with the mask. With the mask. And what that's is that that's not the immediate reveal. Is there something else? No. Then it, it's sort of like uh because Kratos is there, isn't he, when Atreus comes back. Yeah. And he's like, you can see he's concerned, but he's like, he's he's in the world tree. He's in the world tree looking for. Yeah, he's in the world tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because he's like, oh, Sindri said it's told us where it would be, Hmm. and then it's sort of like, oh, we can go exploring if we want, which I think I did for about seven hours after that. Oh, (laughs) but then yes, and then it's the. Okay, so then it is the right. So this is when we're really getting to the end of the game. This is now like we're now talking the last two and a half hours, really, at this stage because. It did. They did say go explore. I decided not to because I, at this stage, was already turning a bit weeks post launch, and I was getting scared for my life that someone was going to post something. So basically, and I did pick up on it at the time. So you go back to house as like a normal, you know, you're having a conversation. It's a dinner scene, but tears starts like. Just openly calling Atreus Loki, which I don't remember him doing. Like, even previously, I don't think he did that before. And it's Brock that catches on. So Brock is like, something's he wants not to take right. The mass, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Brock's like, something just is not right here. Um, Starts questioning him, and tears like, would you ever shut up? And then stabs him. Now, I was like, what the frig is tear? Just like, blah, blah. I, I was like, what is going on? But then you and, see him start to shrink. And then it beca- and then it is revealed that it was never tear at all at any point in the story. It was Odin disguised as tear who had like, I don't know, can shapeshift on other people um, that, he's, that we later discover post-game that he has... Has held captive. Um, prison. But yeah, in this line. Eric Williams says that you do come across t- uh, 
Odin as other people in other bits of yeah. the game. There's a dwarf yeah. that spits at you as you come into Svartalfheim. Yeah. What are, is there other ones that he says no? Was it just that one? I think he said there's a couple, yeah, that nobody knows about. Yeah, but only he only he knows. Yeah. Um and uh But there's 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 signs throughout. Yeah, like, which I, when Freya comes up, he starts calling her a freak. So that's like I need to go back. So when I replay this game next year, that's the one thing I'll be looking out for because I think it was totally lost on me. Yeah, I didn't think anything. Because it makes sense, though. Because he's Aesir. He would have been there when, you know, Odin and Freya were getting married. Yeah. They would have known he called her freak. Yeah. You know, it, it makes complete sense what as to why Tyr would be calling her freak. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And it, and it makes sense, like, throughout why he's, you know, like, not wanting to do anything. He tried to bring peace. And it didn't work, you know. He got locked up for it. Yeah, and and it it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, for him to act the way he does, it it does it just it adds up. So you get this huge reveal. There's this Brock dies, and I'm oh, and Sindri Sindri is just lost. Then Sindri is like so angry with Atreus for like you brought this person into my house. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and this then kickstarts Ragnarok, so you then have to go and get Surtur from Muspelheim. Um, and you get that brilliant scene in in the area between realms, the the world. Yeah, and so then good. you ha- and then you have that unreal fight against the two Valkyries, which is so, so good. good. So I was like, good. I was like, is this really happening? I was like, is this so it good? was. I was literally. Like just buzzing during yeah. this moment, yeah. And the bit where you you finish the fight and Atreus has turned into the bear, and it's literally the camera pans and it's like Atreus roaring and Kratos just there. Yeah, it's like, it's like I had goosebumps. I genuinely had goosebumps at it that was, moment. It was just it was a brilliant Valkyrie fight that obviously we'd been used to in the first game. We didn't have then on this, uh, so it was just great. So How then, cool was Surger as well? Awesome. Surger so cool. So, so cool. Um, and then you go back to Midgard, where base has been set up, and now they're gutted because the prophecy said um, that Tyr was going to be the general. They didn't have a general, and Kratos yeah, said it should be Freya, and Freya was like, no, Kratos, I think it should be you. Sleep on up, mate. And he's like, right, fair enough. So he goes to bed, but then Atreus joins him. And that was a really cute moment where oh. Atreus is like, can I sleep in here tonight? And it's like, oh, the fa- that, relation- that father-son relationship was stronger than ever. So good. Again, they've had they had the moment in the first game where they became close. Yeah. And they've reached this moment where, again, they promise each other, like, you know, we ain't going by prophecy, we're doing us. Yep, yep, yep. And it's just like, and then Kratos telling that story, which is about himself. Yeah, it's 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 him. It's so good, and he's like, you know, if you fall asleep, finish it tomorrow, and then it's like, you know, then you have the dream sequence with Faye again, where she's talking about her death, and it's like, you know, you the music in that, the music oh. in that scene with Faye was ridiculous. Like goosebumps everywhere oh. for that. When it was like the Faye's theme is for so me the, the best piece of music. Um, in in the game, 
Um, but again, it gives context to the start of 2018. Like that gives context to the whole first game. Like it gives you like all everything that you need. And then you wake up and you decide you're going to be the general. And there's this brilliant scene in Tears Temple where basically Kratos rallies the troops, gives this speech, and his theme comes in full blast. And by the way, oh. the the soundtrack in this game is like the best soundtrack. Like Bear McCreary is a genius, can I just say? Oh, He's unbelievable. The music is just oh, brilliant. Um, I, I don't often listen to soundtracks. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I listen to this soundtrack. Oh, like, so I, good. I have it on Spotify. I, I, I very, very, very seldom do it, but this one I've been like, it's been what I've been listening to mm. the last week. Yeah, My Blood on the Snow, love it. It's oh, such a good, so well written as well. Oh, oh. I mean, I, 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 I love Hosier anyway, but like we're that biased. in God of War. Oh. Yeah. yeah, we have to be fair, <laughs> but like that, that in the the combination of him and God of War, it just mm. chef's kiss, you know. And there was like a wee like uh, behind the scenes thing with him, and it's clear that um, there's no way Hosier would have that level of to write that deeply if he didn't know what the story was. So he clearly has either played the game or been told the full story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because yeah, the, he got it spot on. Um, but. You know, uh, Freya has a good wee speech here as well, and then oh, Atreus just says for Brock, and they go, and then Ragnarok begins, <laughs> and oh my word, like talk about mad! It was just like I was like, what the frig is it? like? It's, it's like an overload of senses. You're like, what the flip? It's, that- it's like Endgame, where yeah. the portals open, you've goosebumps. It's like on your left, everyone comes out. The hammer comes back and it's like Avengers <laughs> assemble. It's literally like that. It's like four Brock, goosebumps, everything opens up. It's like, and then Kratos starts running. It's yeah. So good. And you've got that, like. And then bang, Ragnarok. Just. I think it's, for me, it's less about the combat here and more about what's going on in the background. So you've got Jormungandr fighting, fighting Thor. Right, so good, and that's kind of the road. Comes down. Wait, sorry, to, to, before we know where Kills dark elves. dark elves come, and you see Thor like coming down the ball of light and then gone. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so visually it's... stimulating. And yeah, again, you see Jormungandr, and they're they're fighting, and that's when you go, oh, because Kratos like that doesn't look like our Jormungandr, and Atreus is going, oh, it's not actually. That's actually, <laughs> and you're like, oh, very good. Um, and then you're you're fighting, um, but the Helheim Gate is destroyed, the Muspelheim Gate and the Niflheim Gate, and then Jormungandr destroys the Alfheim Gate. So like yes. a lot of your sources have, have gone, and then only Sindri comes through the Svartalfheim Gate. Yeah. Um, and he uses his device, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and Jormungandr gets sent back in time. Yeah. But you've got that moment where you switch to Atreus and then for one time only, you turn into a bear and you fight as a bear. So and I was like, yeah, so let's go. And it finally signifies, it signifies finally that Atreus is 100% in control of all of his emotions because yeah. he's in control of that moment as a bear. It's not him. Yeah. He, he Losing is it, fighting yeah. the right people. He's not 
uh, going after Sendry. He's going after all the bad guys. So that was a nice use of gameplay to highlight a big story arc of a character. Again, it said it said earlier on, isn't it? Which uh, when they make the promise, it's like Atreus says, "Without you, you know, I was rash. I was stupid. You know, yeah. I didn't think things through." And then Kratos is like, "Without you, I was X, Y, Z." And it's that culmination of that arc for yeah. both of them as well. Again, Kratos comes in a bit, but it is that for for Atreus, it's that that full realization of his character, and it's beautiful. And then there's the moment where the predictability completely shifts away because Kratos tells Atreus that he was that Kratos was wrong. He's wrong. He's that, like because he sees the Megardians. Yeah. When Sindri breaks through, destroys the weapons that Odin has made, the dwarves make to destroy the round towers. And it's like, close your heart. Because he knows these people, he knows they're just innocent McGuardians. Yeah. Odin, up to his tricks, trying to delay them. And then you see, it's like, Kratos, like, no, I was wrong. Yeah. You know, that's who you were. Open your heart to it, you know? And it's the change because Ragnarok, Ragnarok, <laughs> Ragnarok was solely vengeance. Yeah. But it's in this moment it changes from vengeance to justice. Yeah. And it's brilliant. And that's when then I certain well, I, at the time I wasn't sure, but I thought, in my head I'm going, there's no way. At this stage I was like, if Kratos dies here, I'd be very surprised was what was going on in my head because of just the way it was. Like, certainly the fight with Thor... Because you eventually you get to Thor, so you 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 meet up with Thrud. Thrud's like Atreus. I'm gonna flip and do you in because you're like you've like brought this star home, right? Yeah. Rightly so. Actually, she was like, "What have you? You've brought the star home." He's yeah. going, "Listen, they've been put there um, to be in our way," and she doesn't Odin's believe put, it. Odin's put these innocent people, and then like out of nowhere comes Sif. Now I do have a bit of a problem <laughs> with this. Because, it's a bit like, oh, I'm here to explain everything. Yeah, yeah it is a bit like, like that, yeah. Like, the last time you saw Sif, she was wanting the dress, flipping arrested. And now it's yeah. like, and now she's like, oh, actually, through now I think about it for a second, Odin's always, she's like, Odin's always been manipulative. And I'm like, what? Like, I was kind of like, right. I quite liked that they used Sif, though, because that was the last person you would expect, based on the yeah. way it kind of went. And then through joins your side, again. I love you. Know, you fight alongside Thrud. Kratos is like, "Who is your friend?" And she's like, "I'm Thor. Uh, Thrud, Thor's not here." <laughs> and then Vare's like, "Oh my word, it's Thor's daughter." And then, but then Kratos like is impressed by Thrud. Like, yeah, is impressed by her ability, which didn't go unnoticed. Um, for me, and then basically it all leads up to uh, Thor sends Jormungandr back in time, which completes the time loop. Um, yeah. and again, and then, even that, just going back to his creation. It all comes back to that original meeting with Jormungandr, where he's like, "Oh, what, what, what did it? Oh, sorry, not the original meeting, but when you have Mimir, it's like, oh, what did he say, Mimir? He's like, oh, just the lad looks familiar. Yeah. And again, it's if you've been paying attention, you realise it's like, yes. And then it's, it's yeah, it's so good. And then you have your final fight with Thor. Great fight great again. Fight. You beat Thor, but then you don't kill him. Kratos just kill him. That moment when he's coming in and how manic he looks mm. when he thinks he's going after Throod, it's so good. Thor is fantastic in this game. Yeah, oh, brilliant, brilliant, absolutely quality. Um, great fight with him, and 
you are like trying to say you're trying to reason with him then you know you, he knows that you've beaten him and that's only through mercy that you're keeping him alive and you're trying to talk reason to him odin then shows up and is like thor what are you at mate like kill him you know like you kill who i tell you to kill basically yeah. um blah blah thor refuses and then out of nowhere odin kills thor like just oh. sticks a spear through him and Eric Williams said, I don't know if you saw this, he said um, it was foreshadowed in the first fight with Kratos because in the third section of the Thor fight beside the Frozen Icicle thing, Kratos throws the axe and it knocks the spear out of, it knocks Tear's spear. And like yes. yeah. Thor kind of moves, he's like, oh, clever move, but blah, blah, blah. But then he ultimately gets killed by a spear. Oh, um, yeah. So Odin kills Thor, and like, uh, does he does he eat through it away? Does he like throw her away with Mjolnir? Yeah, he basically picks <laughs> it up and like lobs it at her. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the frick? And then you have a, a uh, you have the first stage of the fight with Odin. Um, and you you basically just go like straight into it. You start fighting him. You then yeah. get him down, and that's when Freya comes in with that noose that you picked up at the with Norns. The noose that you pick up in the Norns, yeah. When you think you have him, then Odin's like, oh, I always loved you, Freya, and blah, blah. And then he, like, they go down then into the area just, where... Just Ragnarok comes, isn't he? And he yeah. Like, levels it's it, a, yeah. Yeah. And they go down, and at that stage, Odin then's going to address, no, no, no more fighting. Uh, you have to be the one that goes in to see this knowledge thing I've been looking at with the mask. Yeah. And... Just before he starts to make a move, the camera pans to Kratos. So Kratos says, "Just stand in there. It's up to you." And, he, and he's like, "I trust you." And you're like, "Oh!" And you're like, <laughs> and then Atreus breaks the mask. You have one final massive fight with Odin, and you eventually win. And Atreus says to him, "It doesn't have to be this way, Odin. You can choose to be good, or you can choose. We can be better." Because that's the line that's. Again, yeah, it's a common line through the story. Yeah, I know Owen's like, I can't, you know, my my search for knowledge means that I just cannot be better. And Atreus then, in Fenrir style, says the same spell that he said to Fenrir as he was dying, extracts Odin's soul, puts it in a marble. Do you notice the eyes as well? When Fenrir, the eyes go, and yeah. Odin's the same. The eye yeah. just starts to sort of glass over, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Now, do, whose marble was that that he used? I'm not actually was sure. Was it his own? I, I, I think it might have been his own, yeah. Um, So he puts he puts his soul in a marble, and Kratos takes it and says to Freya, I promise you I would never... Uh, take away the chance of you for life and death again, but Freya can't bring herself to kill him. Like to so, th- so then you think so then you go right happy days. We're gonna everybody's healed at this stage because Freya's path for vengeance. She is now kind of like over that after um, great side mission in Vanaheim, which we'll probably get to. Yeah, and um. Except I hadn't done that, so that con- I got that context after. So, oh, that's a shame. That's a yeah. shame. Yeah. So her path for, ven- for vengeance was done, and then out of nowhere, 
Sindri grabs the marble and smashes it. And I think it's really interesting that he is now the only one who is like being ruined by vengeance. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you think right? Happy days, happy ever after. But no, Ragnarok comes in, slams down with his like massive blades of chaos thing that he has got going on, like smashes <laughs> down. And then I think kind of predict because I kind of thought this was going to happen, but kind of predictably, um, Freyr sacrifices himself for the cause, basically. Yeah. Um, he's got comes to hit spin it around. Yeah. Um, and you Atreus nudges Kratos through the rift, and then it all goes because Angerbird comes with Fenrir, who has Garm's powers as he is in the body of Garm. Everybody gets out apart from Freyr. And you see, like it all going like fade to white, Kratos, Kai, and Atreus, they're running, and then Faye, it's like Faye's voice being like, "Wake up, Atreus!" Blah blah. And then you've got this lovely thing where just before the final scene, you're kind of running up through this kind of like windy corridor of camp, and you're saying like, "Thank you to everyone that you've met throughout it's the game, like all the major yeah. side characters." Um, so that's a really nice moment. But then the final scene. Uh, Angry Buddha takes you to another shrine and basically the implication is that Faye has written a new has written a different prophecy so she had destroyed the original one had written a different one and it was in that shrine that she had written it and um, they're all you know quite emotional and then Atreus says, look, I have to tell you something, there's something I have to do. And uh, then there's that, he tells him that he, there's giants out there and he has to go and find he them. He has to go and find the giants. And Kratos has the line, Loki will go, but Atreus will stay. I was crying. Um, I was a mess, yeah. And they have this embrace that we just haven't seen before. And between them, like they properly kind of embrace each other. Yeah. And then you get this really cheery music as Atreus and Agamor are flirting the crap out of each other. They're, you know, it's great. You don't hear what they're saying. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. Um, and you, and you just see like Kratos looking and he's just like, it, it's literally like the kids going to college. It is that. It, yeah. it is that sort of. Well, that's what I was saying you know, to my, I said to my dad, actually, I think he would have found it emotional because it's all about letting go, letting your children go. You know, yeah. when they grow up, it's about letting them go. And, you know, Kratos is quite visibly upset. Um, but anyway, Atreus heads off. Angry Buddha kind of then also doesn't go with him. He He's then kind of going off by himself. Mm. Um, and then just as you're about to leave, Kratos kind of turns around. Sees that it's a double-sided shrine. <laughs> so he, he goes round, opens the shrine, and in this like brilliant moment, it turns out that he was the one that united the realms. You know, not Tear. Was that kind of implication that it was actually him? Uh, I think it was he did that, but now he's going to be the revered god. Yeah, He's not yeah. the ghost of Sparta, the god killer. He's now the savior. Yeah, you know, and it was just a brilliant, you know. And he get had he then like 
actually struggles. He breaks to stand down. Up. Yeah, like he's he just breaks like, down. wow. Um, and I just knowing, I'm... sorry, just knowing his journey. Yeah, through all the games from the original God of War in two thousand four, God of War two, God of War three, Ghost of Spider Ascension, to these ones, knowing his journey. It's actually great seeing him reach that moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's so good. Um, and then finally, Freya comes up with Mimir, and they're like, "We'll accompany you," kind of thing. And you know, Chris, like, there's still much to do. You know, like, yes, Ragnarok is finished, but there's still much to do. And then, post game content wise, then you and Freya. Travel together. So that's the end of the story. It's only taken us an hour and 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> and I do have plenty I want to talk about. So this could be like a super bumper edition podcast I didn't think it was going to be. But um, actually, no. uh, what we might do is we're going to finish part one of the spoiler cast here. Okay. So this is going to be part one. And then next week, part two is going to come out. And that was going to be me and Mike are going to be talking all about side content, um, post game content, and everything else that we haven't mentioned from there. So, Mike, what do you want to say? If just before we quickly go, right? Yeah. In relation to Ragnarok, just very, we won't go too much longer. Just very quickly, I've heard some complaints people had about Ragnarok that yeah. it wasn't like grand enough. There wasn't enough like fighting gods. Things like that. What's your thoughts on that and do you agree? No. I don't agree with that at all because I thought the I think they were trying to put across this idea that the gods are necessarily these like massive, unbelievably uh huge people. They're just like they're kinda like they're just more powerful everyday people. Yeah, and that was kind of like so the fight suited who their characters were. I felt, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. And I think for for me, it felt like it was, even though it's this big grand battle, it's still very much about Kratos and Atreus. Oh yeah, very much so. It's it's very focused on them in this big huge battle, the end of all things, you know, the end of Asgard. You know, it's still. Solely about these two characters, yeah, and their it, relationship, and them. It's all about this game's all about trust. The whole game was about yeah. trust. Um, if the last game was about mending a broken relationship, this game was all about trust. Um, mm-hmm. and they utilized side characters so much better. But actually, I think you know, the first game had to be focused solely on Kratos and Atreus for that story to yeah. work. I think. If you were to bring in loads of side characters there, you know, it just it doesn't work the same, the first yeah. game. Whereas this game works so well because it is so... There's so, so many of the side characters bring so much to the overall story. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I want to wrap up this week's, this part one now, and we can talk about any conjecture in next week's podcast. So... Thank you so much for listening. Get ready for next week's Spoilercast Part 2. But for now, for me and Mikey, farewell. Bye. Farewell.